So in today's reading uh, from St. Paul, the second reading that we heard, St. Paul is actually writing to the Philippians. It's Philippi is where the, the, the place, the location is called Philippi, and the people of Philippi are Philippians. So he's writing to them a letter, and he says something kind of awkward, something a little bit weird in the letter. He says, be careful to not mutilate the body. So he's telling the Philippians, make sure that you don't mutilate the body. And St. Paul is saying to the Philippians that, hey, you have all accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, but there are some people in the Philippian community who are still mutilating the body, right? They are cutting the body. And they used to do this as non-believers, people who were not Christians. They were doing this mutilation of the body, right, to get the attention of the gods that they believed in. They don't believe in our, the real God, which is Jesus Christ. So they would cut themselves and uh, as a type of cutting, a type of self-mutilation. Another word, again, for mutilation is, uh, would be self-harm. And today in 2021, what self-harm sounds like, St. Paul was talking to the Philippians 2,000 years ago about don't harm yourself, don't cut yourself, don't self-mutilate. What does self-mutilation look like in 2021? Today we can define self-harm as an act of deliberately harming our own body. Right, an act of harming our own body by cutting, by burning, or drugging ourselves to cope with emotional pain, intense anger, and frustration. That's what it looks like today, in 2021. So as St. Paul's talking to us today, he's saying, hey, stop mutilating your body. Stop harming your body. Stop cutting. Stop burning. Stop drugging your body. And although many of us are not physically harming our bodies, we're not self-mutilating ourselves, we're not cutting, we're not burning ourselves, some of us are, but we're not drugging ourselves, but there is a different type of self-harm. There's a different type of self-mutilation that a lot of us, maybe all of us are doing that we don't even know of. It's a type of spiritual self-harm. It's a type of spiritual drugging. It's a type of spiritual cutting. It's a type of spiritual burning. It's not physical, but it's a spiritual. And what is that that we all are, we do at some point in our lives? And that is the self-harm of self-pity. Self-pity is when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves. That's a type of spiritual self-harm. It's a spiritual cutting, drugging. Self-pity is when we start to feel sorry for ourselves and we think that our difficulties that I face are so much worse than any other difficulty that anybody will ever deal with in their whole entire lives. We fall into the self-pity. My problems are the worst. My life is the worst. You'll never understand what I'm going through. There's a type, this is a type of spiritual cutting, spiritual burning, spiritual drugging, when we think and fall into this self-harm, spiritual self-harm called self-pity. And if anyone should have had self-pity, my life is the worst. You guys don't understand my life. You'll never be on my level of suffering and difficulties. Who would have been a perfect person to have self-pity is St. Paul himself and the Father in today's Gospel. St. Paul doesn't say he's writing again to the Philippians. He's writing this letter from jail to the Philippians. He could have put in his letter, you guys don't understand my life. It's the worst. You'll never believe it. The food is horrible. The, the guards are beating me. I am suffering so much. This me, 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 this self-pity. He should have been somebody who's in jail for his Christianity. And he could have been writing this in the letter. But what does he say? 
He says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. He doesn't make it about him. He says, brothers and sisters, I am not there with you. I'm in jail. But rejoice in your Savior. Rejoice in the Lord. He didn't fall into self-pity. He should have. He could have. But he didn't. Another person who should have or could have felt uh, self-pity and could have come from a place of self-pity of my life is the worst is the father in today's gospel. If we're paying attention, he has a son. We don't, have, we, have, we don't know how old the son is. But he's falling into fire. Wherever there's a fire pit, he has seizures. And the seizure that he's dealing with, no matter where they're at, sometimes he falls into the fire and the father has to run after him. The father always has to watch his son. And then he falls into water and maybe he's about to drown. And this father is dealing with a lot. He's stressed. He's having difficulties. He's suffering. And he sees Jesus and he couldn't want to Jesus up to Jesus saying, Jesus, my life, look at it. Do something for me. How much more do you want me to do, Jesus? I'm exhausted. You've given me this child and I, I can't do it anymore. I'm always watching him. I have no rest. I have no peace, Jesus. Look at my life. But he doesn't say that. He goes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, have pity on my son, not pity on me. He says, Lord, have pity on my son. For he is a lunatic and suffers severely. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have pity on my son who's really suffering. Gezile, please, Jesus, something for him, not for me. And we fall into this self-pity ourselves. Again, self-pity is when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves and we think my difficulties, my sufferings are the worst, worse than anyone else's. And that's not okay. And brothers and sisters, life is difficult. It really is hard. Life is difficult and we can't control how difficult life is going to be for us, but we can control how we respond to these difficulties that enter into our lives. Self-pity is not the answer. Self-pity is a type of spiritual cutting. It's a type of spiritual burning. It's a type of spiritual drugging. When difficulties arise, we do have permission to grieve. Because grieving allows us to go through the stages of grieving, which helps me get on track. When difficulties arise, we have permission to be sad because sadness gets me through the difficulties that I'm dealing with. When, we are have, when difficulties arise, we have permission to be frustrated because frustration and getting out our frustration in the right way will point us in the right direction to move forward. We do have permission to grieve, to, to be frustrated. We have permission to be sad, but we do not have permission to feel sorry for ourselves. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. But a lot of us, many of us, are really feeling sorry for ourselves today. We have fallen into self-pity. And that's not the answer. It's not the answer. And brothers and sisters, so what do we do? What do we do when we want to have self-pity? Which is to feel, is, to, is so very normal, right? To turn inward. What do we do? To avoid this spiritual harm. 
entering into our lives, when we want to think that our difficulties that we face are the worst than anyone else's difficulty, what do we do? Because again, life is hard. Life is difficult. But turning inward and saying and having self-pity doesn't help me. I go into this little dark place. I'm in my own little dark bubble and I can't see the light. So what do we do? And the answer is, rather than having self-pity, the answer is, we should ask Jesus to have pity on us instead of us pitying ourselves. There's a difference there. Think about that. Like the Father in today's Gospel. Right? We should say to Jesus, Jesus, have pity on me. But I shouldn't pity myself. I shouldn't feel sorry for myself. One is very good. Jesus, have pity on me. It's very good. But me pitying myself is a spiritual type of mutilation. It's a spiritual type of self-harm. And again, there's a difference between self-pity and asking Jesus to have pity on us. The word pity has a negative connotation attached to it. Oh, I pity you. But that's not what it means in the Bible. When the word pity shows up in the Bible, it doesn't mean I feel sorry for you. I pity you. No, in the Bible it means, pity means to feel grief or pain because of the suffering or misfortune of another. Let me repeat that. Pity means to feel grief or pain because of the suffering or misfortunes of another. So when a person has pity on another person, it inspires a positive action such as extending physical, emotional, or even financial aid to the person who's suffering. So we're saying, Jesus, have pity on me. It's a type of prayer rather than me pitying myself. That's not a prayer. We see in different parts of the gospel, the blind man says to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus gives him his sight back. Maybe Jesus wants to heal us. Maybe Jesus is waiting to heal us. Maybe Jesus wants to answer our prayers, but not through self-pity. Let us change up how we're praying, because self-pity is not a prayer. Jesus, have pity on me. That's a prayer. When I say Jesus, have pity on me, I'm saying, Jesus, I'm in pain. Jesus, I am suffering. Extend to me physical, emotional, or even financial aid. That's a prayer. That's not spiritual self-harm. That's not spiritual drugging or cutting. Let our prayer be one of honesty and asking the Lord to have pity in our lives. And oftentimes we fall into this place, right? It's called self-pity city. We don't deal with that here at St. Thomas, right? We don't live in the city of self-pity. We don't do that here, right? No? No? Maybe not. Maybe you guys do. But we don't. We don't belong to this city of self-pity. We are citizens. We belong to Jesus. We're citizens of St. Thomas Chaldean Catholic Church. And so there's no reason to self-pity. But someone who lives in self-pity city says things like, I am cursed. That's self-pity. And that's not going to help you. Somebody who isn't living in self-pity city says, I am blessed. When is the last time we have said, I am blessed? Those are not just nice words. If I can't say I am blessed, I'm falling into self-pity. Say it with me right now. I am blessed. I am blessed. Say it like you mean it. I am, blessed. I am blessed. Yes. 
And then we also fall into this self-pity city of I have no strength. Somebody who's not a self-pity city says, God is my strength. Say it with me. God is my strength. Somebody living in self-pity city says, my life has no purpose. But somebody who's not in self-pity and is not living in that city says, Jesus is my rock. Say it with me. Jesus is my rock. Jesus is my rock. Somebody who is living in self-pity city says, nobody can save me from this mess. I'm a mess. My life's a mess. My situation's a mess. My marriage, it's a mess. But somebody who's not living in self-pity city says, Jesus, you are my savior. Say it with me. Jesus, you are my savior. Jesus, you are my savior. Yes, this is how we should be talking. So St. Paul tells us in today's letter to the Philippians, beware of self-mutilating the body, which is another word for self-harm. And we spiritually self-harm ourselves when we fall into self-pity. Self-pity, again, is when we begin to feel sorry for ourselves and when we think that our difficulties that we face are so much worse than anyone else's difficulties. Many of us will come forward to receive Jesus in the most holy Eucharist today. And what will Jesus find in your soul? A soul who has turned inward with their pain and suffering and therefore living in self-pity city, leading to anger, depression, and resentment. Or will Jesus find a soul who has turned outward to Jesus with their pain and suffering, therefore allowing Jesus to bring faith, hope, and love, peace during their hardships and suffering? Brothers and sisters, we have a very, very important decision to make. See her for a minute and make a decision because we don't want to be in self-pity city. Amen.